Night at 10. It's Michael Knowles. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. Good morning, and once again, welcome back. Wednesday morning, uh, we are looking at the stock market after a 300-point drop yesterday, up right now in the futures at $122, 122 points. I hate when it's up this time of the morning, I know. simply because I just feel like they're setting us up for a big fall. And they have almost every day for the past few days. That's probably why I feel that way. We were, we were up yesterday for a while, and then all of a sudden, then the stock market opened, and it even further. I think I heard that noise. <laughs> Um, you know, one of those things you're taking a nap and you sit up and go, I don't know. Yeah. It's usually, you, then you pull, so you realize you pulled something. Yeah, possibly. <laughs> it's sad when you get to an age where most of your serious injuries come from sleeping. <laughs> That's true. I think the worst I was ever hurt was uh, I threw out my back one time uh, getting up from tying my shoes. <laughs> And then uh, you're and then you're all injured and people go, oh, what happened? Uh, tying my a, shoes. A car accident. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they, they, they came out of nowhere. Like my son one time, um, he was in high school and apparently he had a dream or a nightmare or whatever and fell out of bed and yeah. cut his cut his forehead open. Oh wow! And it, you know, people would ask him, "It's like what happened to you?" I mean, it was a deep, yeah. you know, deep cut and. I think he had stitches, and it's like, what happened to you? And it's, he, he would go, oh, I fell out of bed. And, and yeah. we, Tracy and I finally took him aside. Dude, you got to quit telling that story. That sounds horrible. He goes, well, that's what happened. And it's like, I know, but say something like Sasquatch attached, uh, attacked you, and you fought him off, and that's how you got the injury. Something different than I fell out of bed. When uh, I was about 11, I had broken my arm playing uh, Little League Baseball. And my sister had uh, been walking down some stairs somewhere and happened to break her foot. And uh, we went on vacation to Yellowstone. With this my, was with all my, at the same time? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it wasn't the same day, but it was, you know. No, we, right. But we both, you know, back then you had a cast on. Uh, so uh, I had a cast on my arm. She had a cast on her leg. And we were in Yellowstone Park on vacation. We got out of the car and there were a bunch of people standing there. And my dad decides to be funny. He says, now shut up or I'll break your other arm and leg. <laughs> you know, that's funny, except nowadays you really can't do that. Oh, yeah. They, somebody would call the police. Somebody would now. call the police and go, hey, um, this father is abusing his children. As a matter of fact, you know, he, he's, they've got broken bones. You need to check this out. Back then, that's funny. And we're in Yellowstone. I'm, af- I'm afraid he might throw him into a geyser <laughs> or something. Phone lines are open at 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. A uh, couple of things uh, we're going to be talking about today. Uh, the hyperbole and uh, rhetoric ratcheted up a whole bunch um, yesterday on uh, immigration. We're going to be talking about that. Um, there's an investigation going on now with Governor Santa DeSantis' flight to uh, Martha's Vineyard from uh, a Texas sheriff. Um, what else is going on? Uh, Trump or uh, Biden has has weighed in. Um, there's uh, a, apparently rumors of a plan for DeSantis to send a plane load of uh, migrants, illegals, to uh, Delaware, Biden's home oh, state. Delaware. Yeah, the, the the ones that ended up in Martha's Vineyard. Uh, okay, I first of all, I think they should stay, and, and here's why. Uh, 
they've been in the country, what, like two, three days, and they've already filed suit against somebody? What's more American than that? <laughs> I was going to say the exact same thing. It's like, here they have, they've hardly been here, and they've already and they all, adopted they, American culture already, by suing somebody. They already have attorneys? I mean, you know, this, <laughs> the, the, they, they are fitting right into society. <laughs> yes. So we'll talk about that. We'll also talk about what DeSantis had to say because the um, administration the uh, has said that he lured them to Martha's Vineyard through false pretenses, giving them $10 McDonald's gift cards and the promise of jobs, and they had no idea where they were going. However, DeSantis says, we have signed affidavits from every person on that plane that knows where they were going they were given a packet to say where they were going and um so it's kind of hard you know unless they wrote it in a language they can't understand but my guess would be that they wrote it in spanish for them to understand oh so it's going to be hard it's going to be hard to say they were lured if that is indeed once again the case Mm -hmm. and of course a lot of this has to do with the midterm elections coming up you know, I'm, I've been looking at the last few days at, at pictures of Martha's Vineyard. You know, I'm thinking if you have to be flown somewhere, uh, that's not a bad place to go. You know, that's a, a fantastic point, too, um, because uh, what's the press secretary for uh, Biden? I can, the new one, I can't remember her name. John Pierre, whatever, yesterday. And, and the claim, here, here's another, once again, rhetoric, hyperbole from both sides, but uh, hyperbolic claim is, you know, all these people were doing is escaping a communist country, and then they come into the United States and are lured to Martha's Vineyard. Mm-hmm. Well, Car- keep Karine. it. Keep in mind, Karine Jean Pierre. There you go. Yeah. Um, keep in mind, there there are only um, three communist countries that these people can come. Mexico is not a communist country. No. So if there, you're talking about the what, people Cuba, that are Cuba, North Korea, and China, um, I, I, Venezuela, I think is also, isn't it? It's a dictatorship, but um, so the claim by the Biden administration is they're escaping communist countries. So let me get this straight: you you have people that are coming, walking twenty five hundred miles across Mexico to escape communism, and the horror they get to the United States and they're put on a flight for free and flown to Martha's Vineyard. Oh my God, the horror! You know, I mean, it's it's one thing if it's against their will, but apparently, uh, you know, well, they say they were lured, but apparently they were just offered something. And if you, are, you know, sign a thing saying you understand what's happening, it's going to be hard to prove in court that, oh, my gosh, they just they just took him there. You know, the other thing that uh, DeSantis points out also is it's interesting, he says, the outrage that is going on now when Biden's been doing this for two years in the dead of night putting people on planes and flying them to cities all over the country and nobody knew about it. Nobody says a word. Now all of a sudden 50 people get flown to Martha's Vineyard and uh, it, it's, it's a crime. Venezuela officially is listed as federal dominant party presidential Republic, which basically indicates that, uh, Hey, we have the freedom to vote, but nobody's running, but that guy. <laughs> and he won by 112%. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> So that's that's some of the things uh, that we'll we'll be talking about more this morning because a lot of stuff came out um, 
yesterday. Um, still people weighing in on uh, debates. We were talking about debates and if that would have an effect. It was interesting yesterday because in the phone calls, and, and granted this is a non-scientific poll that we do here on KBOI, but we ask would it make a difference on who you vote for if they you know, are refusing to debate. Well, and it was kind of overwhelming the number of people saying, I'm yeah. going to vote for the other guy. And it's yeah, people saying that, hey, that does make me mad that they, they won't even, you know, deign to uh, show up at a, at a debate of some yeah. sort. It was interesting, Nate Showman, uh, on his show, I was listening yesterday, and talked about the debates, too, not showing up, and they said, you know, so you're going to vote for the other guy. Who is the other guy? They don't know. Um, Doesn't matter. Um, because in America, you can vote for somebody, <laughs> or you are allowed to vote against somebody. You can do either one. Doesn't it, I don't you don't have to have I a, don't care if they're a communist I'm voting for the other guy you don't have to have a good reason for voting you can just vote KVI News Time six fifteen those are some of the items we'll be discussing today and of course phone lines are open 1-800-529-5264. that's toll free from wherever you may be listening you can also email us or text us if you would like right now our first check on what's going on with sports this morning is brought to you by. Our good friends at Fat Guys Fresh Deli, already there making their deliciousness from scratch, as they are every morning to get ready for all the great food at lunch in both locations. You can check them out today, East Boise, just off Gowan, and in Meridian off Wells Avenue. Good morning. Take a look at Boise State football, and the defense has made things very difficult on opponents over the last two weeks, especially on the ground. The Broncos are ranked 14th in the country in run defense, having given up just 76 yards a game on the season. New Mexico and UT Martin combined for 51 total. Coach Andy Avalos on why they've had success stopping the run. And it starts obviously with the defensive line and the edge guys so that the linebackers and the safeties have clean fits. We're very proud of uh, the discipline the guys have played with and the physicality at the line of scrimmage. But I'll say this, this is going to be you know one of our biggest tests this week. UTEP's offensive line is, is really good. When UTEP running back Ronald Awat rushes for 100 yards, they win. When defenses stop them, they haven't. Kickoff will be at 7 Friday night in El Paso. Bob Beeler, News Talk KBOI. Remember, pregame will start at 2 o'clock on Friday. Richie Brockle and I will bring you Bronco Game Day. Then the Bronco Tailgate Show with Mike Prater and I. Before Bob Beeler and Pete Cavender take things over at 1 o'clock, kickoff again at 2 at UTEP. I'm Rick Worthington. Remember, if you missed any part of Casper and Chris this morning, check out their podcast on the KBOI app or on KBOI.com. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. Drill deep to left field. There it goes. Number 60, Aaron James Judge has tied George Herman Babe Ruth with 60 home runs. When you talk about Ruth and Maris and Mantle and all these Yankees greats that did so many great things in this game, you know, you know, you never imagine as a kid getting mentioned with them, but it's an incredible honor, you know, something I don't take lightly at all. We're not done. we still got a couple games left in this season, and hopefully a couple more wins come with them. We are, um, then, you, then you grow up and you're six foot six, 240, <laughs> and made entirely of muscle, and it gets a little easier. We are witnessing um, the history of two amazing players, maybe some of the best seasons that we have seen in the history of baseball. Um, Aaron Judge, and I know, I, I know you're going to go. Oh, but wait, there's three other people that have more. Four other people right now that have more home runs. I don't mm-hmm. think there's any way he's not going to catch Roger Maris. He needs one more to tie him. Two more 
over the last 15 what's, games. You know, what's funny is is uh, he hasn't even broken his own team record yet because Maris was a Yankee. So his team record is 61, which uh, he'll have to have two more home runs to break that, mm-hmm. one to tie. Yep. Uh, and, of course, the uh, the all-time records all were 1998 to 2001. Uh, what, uh Barry Bonds hit 73, Mark McGuire 70, and then uh, so Sammy, Sammy, Sosa, yeah, Sammy Sosa hit uh, like three times, hit 60 home runs. Question for you, um, 208-336-3700, if he gets to 62, is that the actual record? Yeah. I mean, it's the American League record. No, I'm talking the overall record. Well, to, to, a, to a certain extent, because uh, the three guys that would be ahead of him uh, were all accused of and, and basically proved to have uh, used performance-enhancing drugs, and no one has ever proven that uh, Aaron Judge uses them. He's, right. he's just a big dude. Big, muscular guy. I, yeah. I'm, I'm of the it's, same. But it's not like he started out skinny and got big. He, you know, I think yeah. he started out big. I'm of the same ilk. If he gets to 62, that is the record. And you might because say, okay. You have, you have Bonds, Nobody, Sosa, and right. McGuire, who are never going to be into the Hall of Fame, I don't well, believe. Th- they might someday. You, you never I know. I don't think they will. You never know. But it's odd. And Roger Clemens is in the same boat. Uh, you know, Roger Clemens uh, won seven Cy Young Awards, the best ever. Uh, Barry Bonds, seven MVP awards, the best ever. And, of course, the other guys, huge home run hitters, but they can't make it into the Hall of Fame because they, at some point, use steroids. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, as good as they may have been if they had not used steroids, the question is, would they have hit that many home runs? Home yeah, runs. It, steroids don't help you hit a baseball, but they do help you hit it further. Yeah, that's true. So, um, 208 336 3700, pound 670 uh, on your Verizon wireless I with get, your I thoughts. Barry Bonds could have had uh, 73 more uh, long flyouts. Yeah. Um, the other th- cool thing about this is, you know, if, if you set the record and you lose the game, it doesn't really mean a whole lot. Um, his home run um, kickstarted a five run ninth inning rally that was capped by Giancarlo Stanton's walk off grand slam. So he he helped to start. <laughs> they were down massively yeah. um, and ended up winning the game. The other person that I mentioned uh, that you know I just don't think we're going to see this ever again uh, because Judge has to remain. He's 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 had health problems in the past, but he's remained relatively healthy all year long. That allows you to be able to play long enough to hit that many home runs. The other person is uh, Shohei Otani. Um, I, it's going to be interesting to see who gets the American League MVP because Shohei Otani is a once in a gen, not even a lifetime or a generation, a once ever type of athlete with what he has done for the Angels. Granted, they have not had a winning season. He leads the Angels in every pitching category on the team and mm-hmm. in every batting category on mm-hmm. the team. Home runs, RBIs, that seems a little doubles. Valuable, yeah. It? So. Um, and the last time there was a guy that did that, it was Babe Ruth. Did, and I don't remember. Did he lead his team yeah, in, in ERA in, pitch or in wins the, uh, um, in the late teens? Before, right before World War One, uh, Babe Ruth was a huge star with the Red Sox, and he had the home run record. But he pitched most of the time, but also played a little bit of outfield. And they thought he was crazy. I mean, they thought the uh, the, the manager of the team was crazy to keep putting him in the outfield. They said, he's the best pitcher in baseball. Why are you putting him in the outfield? You'll see. You'll yeah. see why we put him in the outfield. Yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, you can weigh in with your thoughts this morning. Uh, keep in mind, you can also email Mike at KBOI.com, Chris at KBOI.com.
Download the 670 KBOI app for your smartphone for free. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 641, he's Chris Walton, I'm Mike Casper. Thanks for listening in. Remember, you can always be more of a part of the show uh, by participating. 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon Wireless. Uh, Coming up today, we'll be keeping an eye on the Fed. U.S. Central Bank will release its latest quarterly projections today following a two-day policy meeting in Washington. Uh, The Fed's uh, Chairman Powell to speak uh, 2.30 Eastern this afternoon, so 12.30 um, after the market closes. We should get an idea of just how much pain is coming in the next stage of the fight against inflation. If you remember, Powell in uh, Wyoming, Jackson Hole, Wyoming, said, um, be prepared. This is going to be painful for a lot of you. And there, I, I noticed yesterday in reading some of the people talking about what the Fed is going to do, the expectation is 75 basis points. But there are some people that are saying because of the numbers released last month that it could be one point jump in the uh, Fed. 100, uh, yeah, basis points. I don't <sighs> I don't know if that's going to be true. However, if it is, uh, it's a good thing that it gets released after the stock market closes because that's one of those things. If it is one point instead of 75 basis points as the stock market has already Every time they kind have. of built in with the sell-off, you would see another massive sell-off. And, and I know the, you know the interest rates are essentially what banks uh, you know, get when they loan to each other, mm-hmm. for the most part, for financing things. Uh, but it, it always seems like you know, when they have to raise rates that for some reason it means things aren't going very well. However, they say they do it to try to curb inflation. Things are going too well. And th- there are always two or three steps in there that I don't quite unver- you know, understand. Because it's like, let's make things worse and better at the same time. The expectation is um, because of unemployment hasn't slowed down. So yeah. they want to get unemployment, they said, to about 4.5%. And I know it's like, why would they want people out of work? Because once again, you have to slow down the economy or things even worse happen if you just let, you know, the economy, pretty soon you have, you know, 20% inflation. Instead of 8.3%, you have 20% inflation or 30% inflation. uh, What we would need to do is reduce the number of part-time jobs and make them full-time jobs with full benefits, things like that. And then there wouldn't be so much complaining about how a person, you know, can't make a living today. I would, However, go ahead. I would, I, I would say that for those of you people, because right now there are two job openings for every person unemployed. So yeah. uh, for those of you who don't have a job yet, um, maybe you might want to think about getting a job because it's going to be really hard to come by when you might need it in another year or two when, in, when you know, the unemployment rate goes from around right. 3% up to 4.5%. Um, just, an, just an idea. The other thing, too, just as you mentioned, and I want to – because people think that, like you said, oh my gosh, the Fed's going to raise their rates. I mean, my mortgage is going to go up. Um, it's not that. That's not what the Fed no. does. The Fed basically charges or changes the rate that banks charge themselves for overnight loans. Because if a ba- a bank by law has to have a certain amount of cash on hand, and if they don't, then they have to borrow that money to come in compliance with the law. Mm-hmm. So they go to another bank and they borrow it, and that's. The Fed rate, that's how much they get charged for interest to get that short-term loan so that they can become in compliance. Now, yes, it does have an effect on everything else. However, mortgage rates are not tied directly to no, the Fed rate. They're not. Even even though 
<laughs> when the Fed rate goes up, mortgage rates usually do too. Yeah, but here's here's the deal: the the if if they go up seventy five basis points, the uh, Fed will have raised their rates now what four and a half percent since they were at zero during the COVID pandemic, right. and even though. Mortgage rates have gone up. They haven't gone up four and a half percent. That would put them at seven and a half percent. That's that's not the case right now. It's right around six percent. It's time for another check on sports this morning. Brought to you by Fat Guys Fresh Deli. Don't forget Wednesday, one of their best, most popular soups: jalapeno, bacon, potato, cheddar. It is delicious. You don't believe me? Um, you like any one of those ingredients? Get in today and find out just how good it is for yourself. Both locations: Gowan Road, just off Gowan Road, and in Meridian. How about a little golf for you this morning? We'll start with U.S. Captain Davis Love addressing the media ahead of the President's Cup, which is getting started tomorrow. He talked a little bit about Dustin Johnson not being on the team. As you may or may not know, Justin is now a member of the Live Golf Series. Love said they do have the guys they want on the team. Of course, Live Golfers who were suspended by the PGA are not eligible to play in this event, which is a PGA event. Well, on current form, you know, back... Um, a couple months ago, you know, Dustin would have been a pick from wherever he was in points, pretty far down. Um, but he would have been a veteran pick. You know, obviously, he was the hero of the team at Whistling Straits. Um, he was a great partner for Marikawa. So yes, we miss him. But I think on points, we pretty much got the guys we wanted to get. Um, you know, I think. We would have had to make a spot for him as a as a pick farther down, unless he got on a huge roll in the um, in the FedEx Cup. He also said there's been some tension around the game, but that nobody grows it better than the PGA Tour. There is a little bit of tension, strife in the game right now, but not amongst the golf organizations. They're they are working hard to do everything that you ask to grow the game. We need to take the the momentum from the pandemic and everybody getting outside and playing golf and there's no tee times <laughs> and not enough golf balls. So they asked me a couple times, I quit using so many gloves. We're running out of gloves. <laughs> so we need to take that momentum uh, and continue to grow the game. And that's what the PGA Tour does. Nobody else does it better than the PGA Tour. Once again, golfers like Dustin Johnson are ineligible to play because they're in the Live Golf Series. I'm Rick Worthington. Day from 10 to 1, it's Dan Bongino. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. Coming up this morning, another chance for you to pick up a $50 gift certificate to Blaze Pizza, any one of the locations in the Treasure Valley. Uh, we're going to do this with the Casper and Chris, damn near impossible question, coming up in the 8 o'clock hour. It's brought to you by Berkshire Hathaway Home Services, Silverhawk Realty. Want to get uh, into a home? It's your first home. You didn't think you could do it? Um, there are programs now that can get you in for no money down. That's the reason why you need to call today at 208-888-4128. They'll explain it to you at uh, Berkshire Hathaway Home Services, Silverhawk Realty. Our question... This U.S. senator was the first ever female to serve in Congress. They were also the last person to ever do this while serving in Congress. Her name is Rebecca Latimer Felton from Georgia. They were the last person to ever do this while serving in Congress. What is it that they did for the last time by anyone in Congress? By the way, while it happens in other countries around the world currently today, it's illegal to do this in the United States. 
you know the answer. Stick around. You can win coming up after 8. It's 670 KBOI on Alexa. First say, Alexa, enable the 670 KBOI skill. Then when you want to listen, say, Alexa, open 670 KBOI. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. Wednesday morning, uh, ahead of the opening here in about 24 minutes. Looks like uh, Dow Futures are going to open up in the green. Yeah, strange color we haven't seen a lot of. Down over 300 points uh, as of yesterday. Awaiting uh, guidance on the Fed and what they're going to do a little bit later today. We'll talk with Jeremiah Bates coming up here in just about 15 minutes or so uh, about what he sees as the expectation. Um, like I said, in, in reading about this yesterday, um, Jerome Powell is going to make that announcement coming up at about 12.30 our time today, exactly what is going to be happening with the Fed rates. Expectations are for 75 basis points, but I was reading yesterday, there are some people saying because of the numbers that came in last month being much higher than expected after the increase the month before that by 75 basis points that we could possibly see 100 basis points. Which means uh, one, what one full number? Yeah, yeah, one full percent. Right. So we'll find out a little bit later today. We'll talk with Jeremiah Bates coming up here in a few minutes. Also, as uh, talked about, the uh, rhetoric and hyperbole uh, over immigration is reaching a fever pitch. So many stories uh, out yesterday. Uh, Governor DeSantis, as we told you a little while ago. Um, it's interesting that uh, they've been in the country for, what, uh, less than a week now, and already they've learned uh, the word Sioux, the <laughs> migrants who are flown to, uh, like I said, Martha's Vineyards, <laughs> they've vineyards already, Zeffler, they've are going already, to Sioux. They've already proven they, they can uh, integrate themselves right into American society because <laughs> they've been here a couple of days and they've filed suit against somebody. Uh, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis yesterday dismissed criticism of him flying migrants to uh, Martha's Vineyards in Massachusetts, claiming his political opponents have ignored similar initiatives that came from the White House. DeSantis spoke at an event in Florida yesterday afternoon during which he took questions from the press. He was asked by a reporter to comment on harsh criticism from across the aisle, accusing him of human trafficking for flying approximately 50 migrants to Martha's Vineyards famous stronghold of wealthy Democrats. This is what he had to say. Take a listen. So when Biden is flying these people all over the fruited plain in the middle of the night, I didn't hear a peep out of those people. Okay? I didn't hear a peep. I haven't heard a peep about all the people that have been told by Biden you can just come in and they're going, they're being abused by the cartels, they're drowning in the Rio Grande. You had 50 that died in some shed in Texas. I heard no outrage about any of that. Uh, I haven't heard outrage about all the fentanyl that's come across the border that's killing Americans in record numbers. I don't hear, I don't hear outrage about the criminal aliens that have gotten through and have then victimized people, not only in Florida, but all throughout the country. I didn't hear any outrage about that. The only thing I hear them getting upset about is you have 50 that end up in Martha's Vineyard. Then they get really upset. And I'm sorry. Those migrants were being treated horribly by Biden. They were hungry, homeless. They had no, no opportunity at all. State of Florida, it was volunteer, offered transport to sanctuary jurisdictions because it's our view that, one, the border should be secured. 
and we want to have Biden reinstitute policies like remain in Mexico and making sure that people aren't overwhelming. But short of that, if you believe in open borders, then it's the sanctuary jurisdictions that should have to bear the brunt of the open borders. So that's what we're doing. But what happened was they were, they were provided um, an ability to be in the, the most posh sanctuary jurisdiction maybe in the world. And obviously it's sad that Martha's Vineyard people deported them the next day. They could have absorbed this. They chose not to. But what it shows is if 50 was a burden on one of the richest places in our country, what about all these other communities that have been overrun with hundreds or thousands? It shows you when now these policies are on the front burner, people need to be talking about Biden can't defend his policies of open borders. Uh, it's doing huge damage uh, to our country. It's costing a lot of money. It's costing lives with the drugs that are pouring across. And so the question is, is why are you supporting Biden's policies? Why don't you step up and tell him you're failing and let's do it differently? Because you know what? He inherited a border that wasn't like this. He has created the crisis. But now at least we know nobody can deny that there's a crisis. Everybody now knows, and it was only because you had to have the elite who want to have the cost on everybody else and they don't want to have to shoulder that. That's the only reason now people are talking about this. I, I get it. it. It's something that needs to be talked about, but there's no way in the world that you can't look at this and go, and this is from both sides, that we're seven weeks away from midterm elections. And the reason why this is being pushed so hard is because, at, at least at this time, and it is something that should be talked about, is because you, you, can, you can make a movement in the needle when it comes to Congress and the elections coming up in seven mm-hmm. weeks. Now, the number of arrests... Of undocumented immigrants, southwestern border reached a yearly record in August, according to data from the U.S. Customs and Border Protection released yesterday. Uh, Rest at the southern border so far this year, 2,150,244 people leading up to August. We still have, that's four months left in the year. It, for the first time ever, they've gone over 2 million people that are arrested. This does not count the getaway illegals who come into the country and are not arrested and caught at the southern border. And do we know how many of, of them there are? They don't know how many. All they can do is guesstimate um, how many there. I mean, you know, if, if there are 2 million that were caught, were there 3 million that got through, or were there 10,000 that got through? Um, the, the estimate is hundreds of thousands. Okay. Uh, August saw 2.2% more arrest overall than in July. There was a 175% increase in arrests of Venezuelan, Cuban, and Nicaraguan migrants in August compared to one year ago. Um, illegals coming in from Mexico are down nearly 40%. So these, these are other people that are coming from not Mexico, but traveling through Mexico to come across the southern border. Um, CBP also shared numbers related to drug seizures nationwide, reporting the amount of drugs seized had increased by 1.4% from July to August. Cocaine and fentanyl seizures increased by 193% and 6% respectively, while methamphetamine and heroin seizures um, have gone down 44% and 10% respectively. So meth and heroin, apparently uh, not the drug of choice to get across the border illegally right now. Cocaine and fentanyl, and we've heard a lot from fentanyl. We talked to 
you know, how much fentanyl has come into uh, Idaho from the drug cartels. Yes, all the way here in, in Idaho, we had uh, the uh, Canyon County Sheriff on recently about just how much the cartel is active here in the Treasure Valley and in, in Idaho and how much fentanyl problem um, that there is. Drug overdoses of fentanyl, of course, um, have drastically gone up over the last year, and all that is coming across the southern border. I mean, it's good that they're seizing a lot. I mean, if, if you hear, hey, we arrested two million people and seized, you know, what, thousands and thousands of pounds of drugs, you're like, hey, good for you guys. Well done. How much is getting missed is the question. Mm-hmm. 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. We'll talk more about this today. Big story yesterday. Um, we'll hear more um, from uh, DeSantis. We'll hear from the Biden administration um, and uh, their thoughts on DeSantis flying the, uh, I guess the official number is 48 illegals to uh, Martha's Vineyards. We'll, we'll hear from that later this morning. We'll also take your thoughts if you want to weigh in. Feel free. You can email Mike at KBY.com, Chris at KBY.com. Call us, 208-336-3700. In the meantime, we'll get another check on what's going on uh, with sports this morning. Brought to you by Fat Guys Fresh Deli in Meridian. Get in two locations. Located East Boise, just off Gallon and uh, off Wells Avenue in Meridian. Get in today and find out why they have been rated the number one deli in the entire state of Idaho. Good morning. Looking at Boise State football last season against UTEP. The Broncos had a season-high 54 points, and they also passed well over 300 yards in that game. Bob Beeler with more. Hank Bachmeyer threw for 340 yards and two touchdowns against UTEP last year, including a 61-yard scoring strike to Steph Cobbs. This season, Hank is looking for that breakout game, and Friday could be it. Offensive coordinator Tim Plough talked about his senior quarterback. I'm really proud of him for his response and how he continues to, to build and help lead the offense. He's a tough dude mentally and physically. He's been through a lot and know that how important he is to our team and when he's playing at a high level. In the last two wins, Bachmeyer has thrown for over 370 yards and five touchdowns combined, and he's completed passes to nine different receivers. Kickoff will be at 7 Friday night from El Paso. Bob Beeler, News Talk KBOI. Richie Brockle will join me starting at 2 o'clock for Bronco Game Day. That's Friday. And then, of course, the tailgate show with Mike Prater and I will kick off at 4. We've got a lot to take care of before Bob Beeler and Pete Cavender pick things up at 6 o'clock. And then again, kickoff, as Bob said, 7 o'clock Friday night right here on News Talk KBOI. I'm Rick Worthington. Time for the Morning Market Report. Powered by CapEd Credit Union. Keeping you informed about your money before the market opens. Sponsored by Tree City Advisors. On News Talk, KBOI, Boise. 722, Jeremiah Bates with us this morning. Talk about your money. It looks like after the uh, stock market being down yesterday, Dow losing over 300 points, at least as of right now. Looks like we're going to be opening in the green. However, coming up today, that could all change at least after the market closes. We're expected to hear from Jerome Powell at about 1230 our time today about what's going to be happening with the Fed rate expectations, 75 basis points. But in reading yesterday, there are some people predicting because of the numbers that came in last month that it could be one point today. That's There's speculation certainly around that 1% hike. I think it's highly unlikely, though. I, I, I don't have the crystal ball, but I 
don't think that Chair Jerome Powell or the boards of the uh, members of the Fed that they want to rattle the cage more than what's needed. So what will likely take place is a 0.75, three quarters of one percent interest rate hike. Um, I think that's the base case. So it's generally what the market is expecting, even though you do have some calls for a one percent. But bottom line is it's the fifth consecutive rate hike this year. And what's interesting is stocks have tended to rally after these decisions, particularly this year. So if you look at the S&P 500 and the NASDAQ, S&P 500 is down over 6% and the NASDAQ is down over 7% over the past six days, right? So there's been some volatility, especially around, you mentioned that inflation number that we saw. But over the past 18 months, the S&P 500 has risen eight out of 10 times after the Fed decision. Now, you look at January, March, and June, stocks rose between 6% and 9% the days following the Fed meeting. So bottom line is, if, if, it meet ex, if it meets expectations of the market, meaning if they go at a 0.75% rate hike, I think that, will, that trend will continue. Now, there's not going to be any surprises. It's basically already priced in. But if it goes 1%, yeah, we'll, we'll see a big surprise, and we'll, uh, certainly to the downside. The market will not react favorably because these steady rate increases, they're, they make it more costly for consumers and businesses to borrow. It makes uh, loans for homes, autos, and other purchases higher. So if, if we see a, a more aggressive stance than what we're already seeing, then yeah, it's not going to bode well. I mean, we're already seeing mortgage rates following suit as well. I mean, the 30-year the fixed rate jumped to uh, 6.25%. That's the highest that we've seen since October of 2008. So the market, the economy is hopeful that the Federal Reserve can kind of put their foot on the brake and take a little bit more moderate approach versus these continuous month over month, three quarters of 1%, and even extending it out to 1%. So bottom line is, I think it's going to be three quarters of 1%. What I think the market's really looking forward to is at the last hour of the meeting, there's a Q&A session. So there's a little bit more room for for nuance and um and I guess mixed interpretations from the market. But I think Jerome Powell will stick to his guns. He'll likely uh, continue to be data dependent and say that the Fed will continue to use any tools okay. necessary to tamper down this inflation. Mortgage rates, you mentioned like 6.25%. So even though they're more than double what they were at the beginning of the year, uh, somehow demand for mortgages is growing. How is that happening? Yeah, last week we saw a bump when the, when the numbers came out. And the reason for that is because it was a bit of a jump for people because they see the writing on the wall. If you know that the Federal Reserve is going to bump rates at uh, three quarters of 1%, maybe 1% this meeting, and it's likely going to continue the rest of the year and probably going into 2023, assuming that we can see these sticky inflation numbers. Yeah, you want to get in front of it because, yeah, even though, like you said, rates have gone to an all-time high since 2008, they're going to keep going higher. The Fed has been very clear about that, and the, the data shows it as well. So, yeah, there was a bit of a rush to lock in those lower rates. The other thing that you saw last month that was kind of surprised because after it looked like builders have been slowing down on new construction, housing starts jumped a bunch last month. So uh, I think that also possibly goes goes into it. it. People are building houses again, even with the higher interest rates and the slowdown in the market. Yeah, and I think it's a bit of speculation because I think I think they're trying to get ahead of it. I think they're really trying to force these last bits through before 
um, there's any deterioration of the economy and things just go completely flat. There's been a slowdown, so it's more of just a jump to get, try to get ahead of what might be uh, right around the corner. All right, thanks. We'll uh, find out later today, 1230. We're supposed to hear from Jerome Powell. I'm sure we'll talk about this coming up uh, tomorrow morning. Thanks, gents. Ben Shapiro this afternoon at 1. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. Reminder, we've got uh, football action coming up once again this Friday. It's Friday afternoon. That's when it gets underway. Bronco football is in El Paso, Texas. Bronco game day with Rick Worthington, Richie Bronco, 2 o'clock, followed by Bronco tailgates, Worthington and Prater. That happens at 4. Then Bob Beeler, Pete Cavender take over for Bronco pregame beginning at 6, followed by all the actions. Boise State takes on Utah at 7 o'clock. Stick around after the game, too. Bronco game night. Now, the reason why you want to stick around for that is because you will get the play of the game, and then Monday morning somebody's going to get a $50 gift certificate to Lock, Stock, and Barrel. If you know that play, only way to know the play is by listening to the postgame afterward. All right. Paul in Nampa, thank you for being patient. I know it's been a while since uh, we've been able to get to you, but we appreciate you holding on. You're on Newstalk KBY. Good morning to you. Good morning. Yeah, I liked what you had brought up about the cartels. Um, you, you really have to be able to just come up to one conclusion that they're, they're actually complicit. I mean, you've got, you've got all the, the information that you could possibly get through the CIA, through the DEA, through Homeland Security, and they're collecting all this. And so they know where the drugs are coming from, obviously Mexico, and they know where the border is, border patrol is at any given time. They've got a communications network, whether they use it and have radio silence or they do it by hand or what, whatever the, the case may be. But when it comes to getting drugs across the border and people across the border, they move laterally because they know that the uh, the border patrol can only they can only go so far before they have to return again. So they just do an end around. So so there's there's a, a certain amount of information that's getting through to them, and it has to be coming from somewhere on this side of the border. And when you look at the numbers of, of the amount of money that's being made by this, who's actually making the money on this side? It's it's not just it's not necessarily the drug dealers that are selling this fentanyl that's killing our our uh, countrymen, but why is it being done so? And um, there's there's a there's a number of concerning things about this that that adds up to one person, and I'm not going to say any names, but I think it's kind of obvious the way it's happening because he's got. He has absolutely nothing to say whatsoever about fentanyl. It's like 107,000 Americans have died, and he just doesn't really care. Yeah. Thank you for the call, Paul. Appreciate it. And like I said, thank you for holding on. Um, Great points. The question I have about fentanyl, and this is, I mean, I've never been involved in drugs. I, I, I have a nephew who has had serious problems, and fentanyl was one of those drugs, unfortunately, and he's probably going to do some prison time over it. What I don't understand, if if you know, and it, all the stories that are out about how dangerous fentanyl is, that it hooks you after taking it just once, and it can kill you taking it just once, because people react to it differently, and so many people are dying from fentanyl. I just don't understand why, why people that use drugs, first of all, I guess I don't understand why people use drugs, but I don't understand if there are so many different drugs out there. Why are you picking fentanyl 
when it is so extremely dangerous. I just don't, I don't get that. I don't get question. that mentality. You, you and I have different motivation, though, than somebody who is a, yeah, a, and heavy, I, I a heavy drug that. user. I get that. But I don't, is it because it's so cheap? It's so much cheaper than cocaine or meth? Or, or, I mean, all that's dangerous. But, man, the way that fentanyl is, is described, it's so much more dangerous. So it's, it's like, what, why would you choose that? And, and I get it. Some people don't. It's, it's laced in certain things like cocaine and stuff like that. We'll take more of your phone calls and emails if you want to weigh in. 208 336 In the meantime, a final check on what's going on with sports this morning. Brought to you by Fat Guys Fresh Deli. Get in today for their delicious popular soup, jalapeno bacon potato cheddar. Major League Baseball is all about history. And in the history of Major League Baseball, there are only a handful of people who have ever hit 60 home runs. And Aaron Judge last night joined that group. Swing on that. There it goes. Deep left. It is high. It is far. It is gone. He's tied the babe. It's a Judgean blast. His 60th home run of the year. Wow. That solo home run for Aaron Judge sparked a five-run ninth inning that helped the Yankees win the game by a score of 9-8 to over the Pirates. Now the history side. Only five players had hit 60 home runs in a single season in the history of the major leagues until Aaron Judge hit that bomb last night. And it was, as you heard, a Judgean blast. The six foot seven right fielder hit that ball about 430 feet and tied Babe Ruth in 1927 for eighth place on the single season home run list. Here's more on that. Roger Maris Jr. and Kevin Maris, sons of the former player, were both on hand. Specifically marked baseballs were used each time Judge walked to the plate. Fans in the outfield seats stood up. Many groaned every time he hit a foul ball, but they erupted in the ninth inning when he hit that bomb. There have now been nine 60 home run seasons in Major League Baseball history, achieved by six different players. Judge joining Hall of Famers Ruth and Maris, as well as Barry Bonds, Mark McGuire, and Sammy Sosa. I'm Rick Worthington. Listen to KBOI online. Go to KBOI.com and click the Listen Live button. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. Today's this health is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. In today's Health Smart, the FDA is warning parents and teens about dangerous new social media medicine challenges. One involves cooking chicken in over-the-counter cough and cold medicines. Experts say boiling the medication can make it more concentrated, leading to a possible overdose. And even if you're not eating the chicken, just inhaling the vapors could cause lung damage. Another challenge encourages people to take large doses of Benadryl to hallucinate. The FDA says this trend has sent kids to the emergency room and some of them have died. Experts say parents should openly talk to their kids about the possible outcomes. As we were going to break, I'd asked the question, if fentanyl is so dangerous that what? you can die from it from taking one, does, one, does, one pill, how, use it? yeah, I guess the answer there is because people are stupid. That, well, that you, particular story right there proves it. People are stupid. At, at some point in high school and college, I think most of us read a little bit about... Uh, Cognitive dissonance, where you have you know uh, 
thoughts in your head, and, and they're opposing ones, but they don't necessarily cause you to act upon them. Like, uh, you know, people who know that smoking is bad for you, and yet, and yet they still continue to smoke for years. Blue chicken is not even appealing looking. No, it's not. Nathaniel, I don't care what you say. Blue chicken is not appealing. And NyQuil doesn't even taste good. So how can it make chicken look or even... Uh, 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 this is just idiotic. Uh, Vicki and Council, good morning. You're on News Talk KBOI. Good morning. I just wanted to talk to you about the fentanyl that you were talking about earlier. Uh, I had an experience with a, my brother that I've called you and talked about before when you were talking about the homeless encampment and stuff, and he's an addict. And I was called at July 4th, three hours in the morning, and he was found unresponsive, and they said Narcan brought him back. But there's a new drug out, and it doesn't show anything in your blood system, your urine, or anything. And I can't even remember what they called it, but... The fentanyl must have been in that drug because they said that Narcan responds to fentanyl, and that's how they know what they've taken if they use the Narcan and they come back. But there is a new drug out, and it's, um, the nurse told me a lot more higher than what the previous drug was that they were lacing this with. Hmm. Great. Yeah, and uh, he laid for a week. I was unable to talk to him uh, in a hospital trying to come around um, from this. And, you know, I, you talk to people, and you talk to him and say, please don't do this again. He's back out on the street doing this. This is the yeah. second time around. So um, I, I don't I get know. It. Thank you for the yeah, call, Vicki. We're up on time here. Um, appreciate it. Sorry to hear that again. Thank you for the info. I get it. Like I said, I have a nephew and has had to deal with this and probably be going to prison. And you just don't understand that mindset. I can't. I can't. I can't come if, to grips with it. His mom uh, yeah, can't if, come to grips with it. I, I, I don't understand why people try it for the first time. But once you're an addict, I don't, you know, I'm glad I don't understand that mindset. No. And with the story with NyQuil, like I said, part of it is stupidity. Drive home live and local with Nate Shellman this afternoon at 3. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris live and local on News Talk KBOI. I don't mind listening to Nate Shellman in the afternoon. I try not to drive to Nate Shellman. Drive home to Nate Shellman in the afternoon. It makes me drive angry. <laughs> he, he brings up uh, important subjects that... Uh, Raise your ire, does he? Yeah. Uh, but you do you, okay? Yeah. Um, coming up 20 minutes, we have a chance for you to pick up a $50 gift certificate to Blaze Pizza for a Casper and Chris damn near impossible question. Berkshire Hathaway Home Services, Silverhawk Realty, uh, sponsors our question every morning, opening the doors to the world from Idaho. Anything having to do with real estate, that's why you need to call today, 208-888-4128. Our question today, this U.S. Senator was the first ever female to serve in Congress, Rebecca Latimer Felton. She was also the last serving member of Congress who had ever done this in their past. What is it? By the way, it's uh, illegal to do this today. It's, it's legal in some countries, but in the United States, this is highly illegal. But she's the last serving member of Congress to have ever done this in her past. If you know what it is, be ready to call in 20 minutes. You can get that $50 gift certificate compliments of Blaze Pizza, any location here in the Treasure Valley. 
for your Google Play, simply say, hey Google, play 670 KBOI. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. All right, I want to read this to make sure I get it right because it's that strange, right? There's the FDA has issued a warning about what I guess is a social media trend about kids cooking chicken in NyQuil, using over-the-counter drugs for funky stuff. What on earth is going on here? Yeah, I mean, it's hard to believe that this is even a thing. And a couple years ago, it was taking too much Benadryl to hallucinate. So, you know, it just seems like one social media trend after another keeps popping up. And I think parents really need to understand that this is going on, first and foremost. They need to keep their medicines, whether it's over-the-counter or prescription, out of reach or locked from kids in the home. They need to sit down and have conversations about how to take medication safely um, and also in a non-judgmental way about the dangers of things like this. A non-judgmental way? <laughs> I don't think you can do it non-judgmentally. I, I could certainly do it judgmentally. I mean, I have seven kids. If I found my kids cooking chicken in NyQuil, trust me, I would have a judgment. And <laughs> we would have uh, a serious talk and there would be a grounding going on. You know what I would have is a pizza delivered. Cooked in NyQuil? No. If, if somebody was in my house cooking chicken in NyQuil, I would order a pizza and eat that instead. Blue food is not good. <laughs> now, apparently, this is a. Where is the blue food? Someone has the blue food. Social media trend um, that has been going viral on TikTok. Mm-hmm. Um, to give you an example, here's a TikTok video of someone making the NyQuil chicken. My wife got sick last night, so I'm cooking up some NyQuil chicken. I've done this in the past, and usually I use about, you know, Four thirds of the bottle. Season that knuckle in there just at the right temperature. You don't want to let it sit there and sizzle for about, you know, five to 30 minutes. Oh, sometimes the steam really makes you sleepy. Woo. What you're looking for is that blue color right there. Drain the unused right back into the knuckle can, just like so. And boom, knuckle chicken. I rest my case about the stupidity. You use just four thirds of the bottom there. I like that. Five to 30 minutes. <laughs> can you be. So- can you, can you be slightly more uh, vague? How much is four-thirds, anyway? I don't have that measuring cup in my uh, kitchen. Put well, some four-thirds four of a cup of NyQuil that into That would be one and a third. Yeah. <laughs> just, just when I think humanity can't get any dumber, some a story like this happens. And well, I go, I'm just curious. It's like, well, hold my beer. I'm curious. Why did you think humanity couldn't get any dumber? Because of how dumb it already is. Mm. There's got to be a point, right? There's a limit somewhere. Maybe we need... Not that we've ever discovered, no. Somebody needs to invent a governor, that used to, a stupidity governor. That used to be the old saying about the difference between genius and stupidity is genius has its limits. Stupidity apparently does not. There we go. Uh, text message in, 208-336-3700. We were talking about a lady had called in about uh, Narcan. says that Narcan reacts, reacts to anything... That is opiate based, not just fentanyl. A very small amount of fentanyl, a dime size amount, is enough to kill everyone in an office. Robin writes in and says, uh, Hi, Mike and Chris. It is so hard to understand addiction until you sit down with someone who can explain how the disease works. I live with a recovered alcoholic whom I love very much. He has been through rehab twice. The second time took because it was so intensive medically and mentally. 
I learned so much from this recovery about my role in his recovery. It's really hard to deal with, but uh, with the right tools, it's doable. Happy Wednesday. Read an article here not too long ago. It said that on average, somebody has to go through rehab seven times before it finally takes. Well, then he was lucky to only have to do it twice, I guess. Well, that was an average. Um, my my nephew that I talked about has gone through at least three different rehabs currently in uh, forced rehab because he is in jail right now. Probably going to be going to prison, and and I get it that you can't understand the mind of an addict because here's here's a person who got just an amazing huge break from a judge he got a sympathetic judge that said Mm -hmm. i'm not he goes you should be going to prison right now for four years because all the charges that he had had at the time he goes i can tell you have great parents so this isn't something that is caused by your parents your upbringing or anything like that he goes i'm going to give you a break he said if you can keep clean not get in any more trouble not do drugs we're going to send you to rehab and you can keep clean for, I think it was four years. He goes, this will be off your record. However, if at any time during those four years, I, he goes, I don't care if, if it doesn't have anything to do with drugs or whatever. If you break the law and are found guilty, if you get caught doing drugs, you will be going to prison for a minimum of four years. And he got that. I mean, there he was. It was that lucky. He got a sympathetic judge. And he, he, he was great for a year. And a year later... Yeah, fell in with so, you know some of his friends who were involved in it, and once again got back into it, thinking so the, that it, he he wouldn't get caught, and he did. I, I mean, you can't think to yourself now, what would the logical move be here? Because logic doesn't really enter into it if you're an addict. Yeah, it's just sad, and and yes, I get it that you know addicts' brains work differently. So you know when when all of us listening and. Chris and you and I and Nathaniel are sitting here listening and going, why, why are they that dumb or why do they make decisions like that knowing the repercussions? Um, it's because their brains probably don't work the way yours and, and mine do. 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. We'll take a break. Uh, here coming up next, we've got that $50 gift certificate to Blaze Pizza with our Casper and Chris damn near impossible question. That's on the way in just a couple minutes right after Bronco Sports today. The Great One, Mark Levin, tonight at 7. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 823, Casper and Chris, damn near impossible question, brought to you by Berkshire Hathaway Home Services, Silverhawk Realty, 208-888-4128. Lyle's going to get first crack at getting that $50 gift certificate to Blaze Pizza this morning. Lyle? This U.S. Senator, first ever female to serve in Congress, Rebecca Latimer Felton from Georgia. She was also the last serving member of Congress who had ever done this in their past. What is it that she did? Well, I don't think anyone running for Congress is going to be saying I... I follow in the proud tradition of uh, Rebecca Latimer Fulton. She was a slave owner. That's right. The last official slave owner that ever served in Congress. How crazy is that? Not not only the first yeah. female to ever serve in Congress, was, the last official slave owner. She she was yeah. eight, she was eighty seven years old when she uh, got to Congress, and uh, hadn't yeah. hadn't actually owned slaves for about fifty five years that we know of. Well, yeah. <laughs> 
on the line. Go ahead, Lyle. Well, I was just going to say her her remarks on uh, on black men. She uh, had some uh, serious uh, issues with uh, with racism, and uh, I think there were a lot I, of people in Congress that probably still had serious issues with racism back in the 1920s. Just I, I wasn't there. I'm just guessing. Hold on the line. All right, guys. We'll get some info from you. Uh, Blaze Pizza gift certificate, $50, all yours, any one of the locations in the Treasure Valley. Um, We've got more of those to give away all week. So if you didn't get through, and I know all the lines were full, we've got another chance coming up tomorrow morning and uh, also on Friday morning for you to win. Stick around. Coming up next, we've got news at the bottom of the hour. We'll still talk uh, about the stupidity of uh, people cooking their chicken in NyQuil, if you wish. We'll talk about uh, the uh, rhetoric going on right now and hyperbole having to do with uh, immigration and the arguments from both sides. We'll continue to talk about that this morning. Phone lines are open at 208-336-3700. Pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. You can also email chris at kbui.com, mike at kbui.com. Send us an instant message through our fan page on Facebook, or you can even text us if you would like. Same as our main number, 208-336-3700. Be a part of the show at 336-3700 or toll-free 1-800-529-KBOI. Now, back to Casper and Chris on News Talk KBOI. Hello, suckers. I listen to those two jerks, Casper and Chris. <laughs> They're pretty funny. <laughs> uh, thank you for that backhanded uh, compliment. <laughs> It is 838. Uh, he is Chris Walden. I'm Mike Casper. Phone lines are open, 208-336-3700, pound 670. On your Verizon Wireless in the first two and a half hours so far this morning, we've talked about uh, immigration. We've talked about fentanyl. Um, we've talked about advice on not to cook your chicken in NyQuil, how bad that can be for you. Isn't that weird that you have to give somebody that advice? Yeah, that's kind of what I thought, too. Talked about interest rate uh, increase expected today. We'll hear from Jerome Powell coming up at about 12.30 our time. Is it going to be three-quarters of a point as expected? Or will they do a little bit more based on the bad inflation numbers that we got last month? Will it be one point? We'll find out coming up a little bit later. And as Jeremiah Bates once again said earlier this morning, um, it's not necessarily listening to what the interest rate hike will be but the question and answer session after that gives you an idea of what's going to be happening over the next three months to the end of the year um, when it comes to what the Fed wants to do. So since we've had uh, pretty much everything there, not not really good news, I thought, you know, we're, we're a little over halfway through the show. Let's, let's do some happy stuff. And this, this is where you can weigh in today also. Um, WalletHub just released their uh, yearly list on happiest states. What do you? What would you think is the happiest state? If you could pick a state would, that would make you happy, which which state would oh, you would think that would be? make me happy? Mm-hmm. Well, I should go with Idaho because I'm relatively happy, but I'm going to go with maybe Hawaii. Hawaii is the number one yeah. happiest tropical, state. Tropical island, uh, okay. Not too bad. Weather is the same all the time. Um, in the happiness index... <laughs> Hawaii is number one. Maryland, number two. Minnesota is number three. Maryland, number two. Mm -hmm. Utah is number four. Mm -hmm. Number five is New Jersey. And rounding out uh, at number six, the uh, place that you said you should have picked. Idaho. Is Idaho. All right. Idaho is the sixth happiest state in the nation. 208-336-3700. Pound 670 on your Verizon Wireless. 
What makes you happy about Idaho? You live in Idaho. If you've lived here for a long time, I especially want to hear from those of you people who maybe haven't lived here for a long time, come from someplace else. What makes you happy uh, now in moving to Idaho? Now, based on the numbers, one number uh, ranking of one is the happiest. 25 is the average. This is where Idaho places. Uh, percentage of depressed adults. They are number 23. Hmm. Adequate sleep rate in Idaho, they are sixth best. Okay, well, that's good that we can sleep. Percentage of civilian labor force unemployed 15 weeks or or longer, um, we're fourth best. Oh, good. Number of work hours, 13th volunteer rate. Idaho has the 16th best volunteer rate. And separation and divorce rate in Idaho is 13th, 8th best in income growth. So there's there's a lot of uh, top ten. What was the work Top hours? fifteen places. What was the work hours thing? Do you uh, uh, do you get more points for fewer work hours? Fewer work hours. Yeah. So Idahoans don't necessarily have to work a lot of work hours. Like like say sixty or eighty a week. Yeah. We don't have to do that. Okay. Yeah. But 40, I mean, we're, but we're, forty is normal. It's not the best, but we're thirteenth. Okay. That puts us in the top thirteen. What makes you happy about living in Idaho? Uh, must be something. I mean, I've been here fifty-seven years. I've I I, I don't know. It's just uh, it it suits me. I, apparently, I'm just Idahoan. I guess I'm born and raised in Idaho. Yeah. However, I have lived out of the state. I lived in Spokane for a time, Yakima for a time, Stockton, California. Um, where else? I think that's it. The rest of my time has been spent here in Idaho, and I've been mm-hmm. in Idaho since 1989. I, I didn't think I would end up here for the, since 1989, but I have. And I mean, I love Idaho. It's by far the best state you know, was, that I've lived in. I was born in, in Twin Falls, and uh, the only other place I've lived is Boise. And to tell you the truth, if Twin Falls had a four-year college, I would probably still be there. Right. I don't tend to move around a lot. Um, I'm happy with the relatively low crime rate as compared to other cities in which I've lived in and other other states in which you could travel to. I, I like the low crime rate. Um, I think our state is absolutely beautiful. That makes me happy that you can drive basically, well, from Boise, for example, yeah. you can you can drive 20 minutes and be in the mountains. Uh, I grew up, mm-hmm. I was born in Moscow. Rivers. You, you could do the same thing there, drive an hour, and you're yeah. up into wilderness and great, rivers. Great rivers, great yeah. lakes. If you like to ski, you can do that here. All kinds of winter sports and, of course, all kinds of summer sports. Uh, if, if you're outdoorsy at all, Idaho's a great place to be. Um, I don't, this is, I, I mean, I've worked every state that I've lived in previous to this state that I had mentioned. The reason that I was in those state was because of my job. So I, don't, I, mm-hmm. I you know, th- my job makes me happy, but my job made me happy in every state that I lived in, you know, so I, I don't know if I was more happy in this job than any of the other jobs. I mean, I'm just happy that I've been able to do this my entire life without having to change careers because there's not a lot of people that can say that they've lived their entire life yeah. doing the same exact career as they started out to do. Originally, I wanted to be a philanthropist, but there's so much involved in that. Like, for instance, you have to have a lot of money. <laughs> and I never quite... You're kind of behind never, the eight ball on that I, one, I, I never quite achieved that. 
208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless with the uh, new survey, yearly survey coming out that Idaho is ranked the sixth happiest state in the nation. Just curious, um, for those of you who uh, live here and have lived your whole life, what makes you happy about Idaho? And I really want to hear from people who have moved here from other places over the last decade or so, um, comparing it to where you came from to hear what makes you happy. Greg in Boise, good morning. You're on News Talk KBY. How long have you lived here? Oh, I've been here an awfully long time. I haven't really lived anywhere else but here. So, so what what makes you happy about Idaho? Well, you know, that's a word I wouldn't use. I wouldn't say happy, but in all my travels, I haven't been, and Boise is my hometown, in all my travels, I haven't been any place where you can try so many different things that are maybe not first rate, but let's call it second rate, at such low cost, whether it's a Philharmonic, um, skiing, hiking and such, everything within a couple hours of Boise is at least second rate. And if you want to go three hours and do some backpacking or five hours and do some backpacking, you will be in some of the most fantastic places for backpacking and some of the best fishing and some of the best just about everything that you can do. Now, all my hobbies are within three to five hours of Boise, uh, except for the Oregon coast, dang it. But, <laughs> it, but it's it's so low cost here. That's a good point. And and so if if you if you want to live in an urban environment, you can kind of try Boise, although it shuts down after a while. If you want a suburban environment or a rural environment, all that's available in Idaho, mm-hmm. and at low cost. You know, and you you mentioned you know a lot of the stuff is uh, second rate. Um, Idaho has a lot of first rate. You know, river rafting. I, Idaho is one of the best states yeah. for river rafting, fishing, hunting, right. the, the you know, fun stuff that you can do outdoors. First rate, I would consider Idaho first rate in that. Um, I've talked to friends who have traveled here and are into skiing a lot, and, and they say Bogus Basin is one of the best night skiing areas oh. that they've ever been to, which is which is saying something because there yeah. are quite a few night skiing yeah. areas that... That are in much bigger areas that have larger population and nicer facilities, but they said Bogus yeah. Basin is one of the nicest, funnest night skiing areas that they've traveled to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, work all day, ski a couple hours at night, go home and sleep. Where else? Where else can you also do this? Play golf during the day and go skiing at night, or vice versa. There's not too many areas that you can you you can do that, or or go fishing during the day and then go skiing at night also. Big island and, of Hawaii. And yeah, the, you know, the, the athletic entertainment is pretty good around here if you're into that. Um, and if you just want to uh, take a, a hike within 45 minutes, if you live in the in the Boise urban area, in 45 minutes you're hiking someplace even if you don't have a car. Yeah, you're on you're good on stuff. the Table Rock or you're on Ridge Rivers. Good stuff, uh, Greg, that, that you brought up. 208-336-3700. Shakespeare Festival, as he was mentioning that, it's like Shakespeare Festival. I mean, we take it for granted, but it, it's huge. It's it's really, really well done here in Boise, Idaho. What makes you happy? We'll take a break. When we come back, more of your phone calls and emails coming up. Email chris at kbui.com, mike at kbui.com, or give us a call, 208-336-3700. Tonight at 10, it's Michael Knowles. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 
A reminder, uh, once again, we've got Boise State football on your home for the Broncos, 670 AM and 93.1 FM. But uh, this week, our football game will be on Friday afternoon. Well, the football game is Friday evening, but we'll start our coverage Friday afternoon uh, from uh, El Paso, Texas. That's where Bob Beeler uh, will be calling the game. And, uh, of course, we begin at 2 o'clock with Rick Worthington, Richie Brocco um, on Bronco Game Day. And then following that, uh, Rick Worthington will be joined by Mike Prater at 4 o'clock for Bronco Tailgate, Bob Beeler and Pete Cavender with Bronco, Bronco Pregame. They'll take over beginning at 6, followed by all the action as Boise State takes on UTEP at 7 o'clock clock trying to uh, bring their record to three and one and then of course stick around after the game bronco game night with prater in the ball game and a reason to stick around for that other than the fact that you get a call into the show and uh, give your thoughts on the game but rick worthington also chooses the uh, play of the game and then monday morning if you know that play of the game we give away a 50 dollars gift certificate to lock stock and barrel the only way you're going to know is if you listen to the uh, post-game activities, um, you can take a guess. Week number one, it was easy to guess which the play was going to be, but uh, since then, not so easy to guess. 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. If you want to get in this morning, you can also call us, 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. The the last caller you know, was talking about uh, things he liked in Idaho and and was talking about all the different opportunities that you can do for slightly cheaper than you can maybe in a big city. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, I was talking to a guy who's around 70, and he's been here for 20 years. And he said when they, when they moved here, they had looked at a lot of different places, like driven all over the United States trying to figure out essentially where to retire or where to, where to spend you know, their later years. And they chose here. They said, well, we like to go to plays and concerts, and they have tons of plays and concerts in this town. We like to go to college sports. There's tons of college mm-hmm. sports in this town. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he talked about all the different things that are available that are available in a, a larger city, but we have it here without necessarily the crowds and the traffic that you have in a bigger city. And another thing he liked, he said, uh, and I got to love a place where the airport is five minutes from my house. <laughs> the other thing that, uh, especially for right, retirees, and by the way, Idaho is one of the top states for retirees, especially the Boise area, because in in the Treasure Valley, we have three major hospitals you know and retirees of course uh you start to need medical mm-hmm. attention a little bit more than the rest of your life so you have three major hospitals all here locally in the treasure valley which is another reason why uh, a lot of people you know especially people that live in rural areas as they get older move to you know bigger cities so that they can have the medical attention that they might need uh doug says uh, good morning no i don't get it either with all this drug addict stuff, blue chicken, and I wonder what country the measurement for thirds is from. Uh, is it a far-left country? or <laughs> thirds. He said, that would be Democrat. <laughs> That's Doug. Uh, Brandon uh, writes in, says, good morning. Why can't we go back to a simpler time when kids just ate a bunch of Pop Rocks and then chugged a Coca-Cola to see what would happen? <laughs> oh, wow. P.S. You may recall the urban legend in the 80s where Pop Rocks and Coca-Cola were said to have killed various child stars. Yeah, I, that I, was an urban legend. By yeah, the way, I, I don't think it really killed anybody, but uh, I, I do. I do remember that. I, I was a stupid kid, and uh, I, I actually tried that when I was a kid. All it did was make me burp a lot. Mm-hmm. That was it. Didn't kill me. Ny- Nyquil chicken though can kill you. I don't think I ever had pop rocks. Two zero eight three three. You can still get them. 
208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon Wireless. we got news coming up next. We'll get back to your phone calls and emails coming up. Remember, if you missed any part of Casper and Chris this morning, check out their podcast on the KBOI app or on KBOI.com. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 905 208 pound 670 on your Verizon wireless, toll-free 1-800-529-5264, wherever you may be listening this morning. You can also email us, chris at kboi.com, mike at kboi.com, send us an instant message or text us. Same as our uh, main number, Jeff writes in, mike at kboi.com. Next time you talk with Jeremiah Bates, can you please ask him why passbook savings interest is not following the Fed rate? Well, I, two things here. Number one, um, Fed rate has nothing to do with your passbook savings interest. However, everything having to do with interest rates is going up, whether it be your credit cards, your HELOC, if you have a, a, an adjustable rate mortgage, things like that. And your interest is supposed to be tied to the Fed rate raising rates. Um, I will ask him about it, but my guess, I can give you an educated guess and, and tell you greed of the banks. They want to charge interest rates that are much higher with their credit cards because that's money coming in. Mm-hmm. They want to slowly increase rates that they pay in interest for CDs, passbook savings, etc., because that's money going out. And the bigger that they can make the difference between the two, the more money the banks make. Mm-hmm. If you, well, okay, let's say that you're you're 18 years old, you're in college, and and uh, you sign up for a credit card because somebody I don't know gives you a, a free bottle of water or something. Anyway, um, <laughs> well, you're, you're, you're not lying. It still happens in college. When I was a freshman, they would offer you a two liter bottle of Coke if if you would sign up for a credit card. And so I knew guys who had like you know three Sears cards and and two JC Penney cards, basically under different names. It was. Uh, fraud, of course, but uh, they didn't ever spend them. They just drank the Coke. Uh, so anyway, getting back to, uh, <laughs> uh, okay, food for thought. It says, everybody processes drugs differently. Rather, it is a cigarette or Oxycontin, or whether it's a cigarette or Oxycontin, he means, it matters not. So there's no blanket answer as to why people take drugs, but each individual most likely has their own reason to do drugs, and depending on what is happening in their lives sort of dictates what drug to use. It's usually a way to cope with uh, life and get as far away from their own reality as possible without committing suicide. Unless you happen to overdose, I guess. And I, and I get that, but I mean, it still doesn't, you know, I, I get that if you drink alcohol, it's a drug. If you smoke cigarettes, it's a drug, yeah. you know, that, uh, what is it? Cigarettes take seven years off your life. Mm-hmm. That's different from dying. You know, you, nobody's going to light up a cigarette and instantly die from smoking that cigarette where, where you can from certain drugs. So it, it, it's a little bit different. I, I get what your point is, but it's not the same. The, uh, I got distracted from the original point I was going to make, which was about the, uh, the credit cards and things. That uh, when, when, they, when they give you these credit cards uh, when you're young, the... You know, the interest rate's like 27%. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's way up there. And if you put your money in the bank, they'll give you what? Like 0.3%, something like that? 
So it's it's, I mean, it's, it's point zero three percent. Whatever it's under one percent. Let's put it that whatever way. Whatever it is. When I first had a savings account, I used to get three percent. Yeah, yeah. You used to be able to get three to five percent. You know, growing up. But now, you know, I don't know if we're ever going to see that again. You know, and and people who had, uh, you know, tell. I don't know, $10 million in the bank or something. They would simply just live off the interest, and that's all they had to do. Now, granted, during that time, mortgage rates on houses were 12 to 18%. I know some people alive that might be listening right now going, houses were never 18% for oh, mortgage. Yeah. Oh, yes, the, they in were. The, in the late 1970s, they were. In, the, in my first house that I bought, in the uh, when was the first 1987, 88, mm-hmm. we paid 12%. We were happy to get it. Twelve percent was good. The only house I ever bought, I paid nine percent, and that was the lowest I could find at the time. Later, we and you probably thought that was good, right? Well, and later we refinanced down to seven. (laughs) Oh my gosh! Yeah. So historically, when people are complaining about rates being at, I think the latest that I've heard is six point two percent. Historically, over the last fifty years, six point two percent is really good for mortgage, and I get that we live in a time where housing has gone up exponentially more than it was 50 years ago when interest rates were, you know, maybe 15% or 10% or whatever it was during that time. So it still makes housing for a lot of people unattainable, unaffordable. Mm-hmm. Gordon in New Plymouth, good morning to you. Hi, good morning. I was wondering if we could chat a little bit about the absentees in the, in the debate business. The uh, our public our public television debates are really a popular item in this state. That even the fiasco with Harley Brown and and others a few years ago, we made national news with occurred in our gubernatorial debate. But it, um, I think those guys are just afraid of making a monkey of themselves, like uh, Governor Little having to go along with uh, raising the raising the tax taxes on the lowest income workers right with the with the five percent flat tax and maybe he didn't want to defend selling off his public lands exposing <laughs> the fact that it, anyway shouldn't they just have the debates anyway and and whoever shows up uh shows up and if somebody stays home it just makes him look like a boob and uh, i i, I, I kind of like that idea I mean, because we we've brought that up before too that if you show oh. if you have a debate and say ammon and i'll use ammon yeah, bundy okay. because everybody knows ammon bundy who good, he is yeah good example so say ammon bundy is the only one that shows up you get ammon bundy gets a free half hour he, yeah exactly. uh, commercial for 30 minutes he can answer questions and uh, you know maybe get some votes that way do you think that the people running against ammon bundy uh, I'll, uh, you know, th- there are three candidates that have met the criteria to be in the debates. Ammon Bundy, what is it? Uh, the Democratic, um, is it Schmidt? I think. If I remember, no, Height, Height, Stephen Height, um, and Governor Brad Little. If they find out, wait a minute, Ammon Bundy's going to get a free thirty-second commercial, thirty-minute, thirty-minute commercial. Yeah, thirty-minute commercial. Well, I'm not going to let that. I I need to show up and I need to get in on that. I, I don't know if it would or not, but yeah, I kind of thought the same thing. If the if they would just hold it and said, "Here, you are invited to show up. If you show up, great. If not, then this person is going to get the whole thirty if, minutes to themselves." And if nobody shows up, the panel can just sit around and, and talk about how come they don't like any of these people. <laughs> <laughs> I am so validated. I can't believe we have something to really agree on. What you bet. Pleasure it's been. Have a good day, fellas. Thank you for the call, Gordon. See, and here's what, I, here's what I said yesterday. If you are skipping the debate because you're afraid of what happens, if you uh, you know say something stupid, 
I don't think I want to vote for you. If you're that afraid, you're going to say something stupid. How about just not being stupid? Does maybe maybe only smart people should run for office if there are any smart people. I don't know. <laughs> Even so-called smart people say stupid stuff while they're in the office. Was, All who, I have to do is remind you of the last six years of the two presidents who have been in office and the stupid stuff each each who, of them have said at times. Who was the best politician uh, of your lifetime? And okay, that's long enough to think about it. You don't have anybody, <laughs> do you? Uh, n- n- no. You, pro- you, you could pick one. People, yeah, people. I might, mean, you can pick your favorite. People but... might pick Reagan or you know Trump or Obama or you know Clinton or whoever. Uh, Bill writes in. Uh, These debates have evolved into one-liners and bumper stickers. I don't want to hear two educated candidates dance around the ridiculousness that is Bundy. I'm glad that little isn't debating his record, website, and everyday actions tell me what he stands for, or I can uh, look it up on uh, Google or email mm-hmm. his office. Spending an hour Again. arguing alternate facts on extreme views on television does not further um, anything as far as the debate. It just turns the debates into a circus. Again, the, the point for me of a debate is never to uh, figure out what somebody's record is. You can look that up any place and figure out what their record is, what they've done, what they haven't done. That's easy enough. I would like you to address the problems we have right now or will have in the near future and tell me what would be a great plan for something to do about those. I wonder, and I, I even thought this when it happened, it was highly entertaining, but it was not a great thing when he brought up Harley Brown and the debate with Harley Brown where that just turned into an absolute debacle circus, whatever you want to call it. Um, but I mean, Harley Brown had no chance whatsoever of, of winning. And yet he received the majority of not only the debate talk, uh, the next day or weeks following that. I wonder how much of that fiasco goes into people not, now feeling comfortable wanting to go into a debate and just say, you know what, we've gotten to a point in this country where a debate, as the emailer just wrote, um, just turns into one-liners and bumper stickers. Okay, fine. fine. But if you can't face that, then, you know, I I don't know why you'd want to be in Congress debating. I'm not saying that they don't. in your own legislature debate. I'm not saying that they can't face it. And I'm not using this as an excuse, but as you sit there and go, why Why would I want to waste my time if this is going to turn into nothing but a free-for-all circus? I'll tell you why. If there are five guys on stage, uh, you try to be the one people don't think is stupid. Was that Harley Brown? Because that's the one, I mean, can you name, I think there were, what, seven candidates that year that partook in that debate, something like that? Well, there were, there were probably two or three of them that got laughed at. But you set yourself apart from them. And Harley Brown did that. I'm set talk, himself apart about, from everybody. <laughs> I'm, I'm talking about the really good ones. But. 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. We'll talk some more about uh, immigration. We talked a little bit earlier this morning, uh, yesterday, kind of reached a fever pitch. In case you had not heard, the 48 illegals who uh, were sent by uh, Governor DeSantis to Martha's Vineyard have now fully integrated themselves into being Americans, Americans yeah. because they've learned to sue. All right, two days in the <laughs> they, country, they and have, they've learned that you can sue anybody. They have lawyers, and they are filing suit. 
And so they're just like, hey, this is America. Let's do this. Uh, we'll take your phone calls and emails coming up. Uh, also, if you want to uh, text us, same as everybody, number 208-336-3700. Download the 670-KBOI app for your smartphone for free. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. Premeditated political stunt. That is not what they're, that is what they are doing. Uh, and so we're always we're always happy to have conversations about ways to further improve border processing and we could be doing more if again if republicans in congress would stop blocking our efforts to pass comprehensive uh, immigration reform and also funding uh, historical funding for dhs so again this is not what border sharing looks like uh, they have used they have used the lives of people who are fleeing persecution from communist countries, using them as a political stunt. Communist countries. Um, Cuba. You, you might be able to stretch it out and, and say, or the other two countries that we were looking at, you could say, okay, maybe communist countries. Basically, uh, less than one out of five people coming across the U.S. border over the last two years coming from a communist country. And once again, I will ask you, what is worse? Walking 2,500 miles across the Mexican border, walking across Mexico to enter the U.S., and that, or being put on a free flight to be housed and fed at Martha's Vineyard? What's, what's worse? <laughs> Seriously. Uh, Martha's Vineyard would not come in last. No. However, they didn't last very long in Martha's Vineyard. Um, They deported them out of Martha's Vineyard within uh, 48 uh, hours. That isn't where they wanted to go. Probably a lot of these people had relatives they were going to join somewhere, and Martha's Vineyard doesn't happen to be where they live, I guess. Just a guess. Illegals are uh, now suing the Florida governor over Martha's Vineyard flights. They've been in the, the, the nation for two days, less than a week. Already they figured out how to get a lawyer and to uh, sue somebody. Mm. Lawsuit filed in federal court in Boston alleges that the illegals were told that they were going to Boston or Washington and were induced with perks such as $10 McDonald's gift certificates. Hey, give me $10. I'll get in a free flight and fly to Martha's Vineyards. I don't have a problem with that. Lawsuit alleges that the uh, illegals were induced to cross state lines under false pretenses, a line that some Democratic officials are using to urge a federal investigation. Governor Ron DeSantis, however, has flatly uh, denied that they were put on the planes under false pretenses. Sent forms to go, and then the vendor that, that is doing this for Florida provided them with a packet that had a map of Martha's Vineyard. It had the numbers for different services on Martha's Vineyard, and then it had numbers for the overall agencies in Massachusetts that handle things involving immigration and refugees. So it was clearly voluntary, and all the other nonsense you're hearing um, is just not true. So he's, he's flatly denying that they were tricked, as some Democrats are saying, to get on the plane and go to uh, Martha's Vineyards. I mean, if he's got signed affidavits right there is, is going to be the proof when it comes to lawsuits or if this goes into court um, saying, hey, look, they willfully signed this. We didn't make anybody sign these, these agreements that they knew what was going on, where they were going, the packets that they received. I don't know. 
one way or the other, if that is true or not, but that's what he is saying. There is an investigation that was uh, started earlier uh, this week on Monday. Texas uh, Sheriff, County Sheriff Javier Salazar, Sheriff of Bexar County, which includes San Antonio, opened up an investigation into the flights. But he is a Democrat, by the way, did not say what or if any of the laws may have been broken. Opening up a case uh, with an investigation with regard to the suspected uh, activities involving the 48 migrants from Venezuela. As we understand it, 48 migrants were uh, lured, I will use the word lured, uh, under false pretenses. So there you have, um, you know, the, the sheriff saying that they were lured under false pretenses. Governor DeSantis flatly denying that that is the case. So an investigation, though, is uh, ongoing as of right now. Now, the Texas sheriff, we're going to take a break here. Um, and I want to get your thoughts. The Texas sheriff investigating DeSantis um, says, has an idea of how the illegals should be dealt with when they come in the United States. And I'm curious as to what you think about this, um, because it's a very interesting take. I mean, Republicans um, want to see them stopped at the border and not allowed into the United States until they go through the legal process of saying, all right, now you are now legally a member, a citizen of the United States. You can come into the country. Instead of coming into the country and then waiting and waiting for years and years and years to finally get their court, uh, case to be heard and sometimes disappearing because they never check in again and just, you know, becoming illegals forever would, in the United would, States. It would be nice to have, uh, I mean, we probably do to a certain extent, but it would be nice to have laws that uh, uh, provided some clarity. Yeah. Exactly what you're supposed to do, exactly what the procedure is. He has an idea, um, some of which, you know, it's like, all right, would, th- would this work? Would this be a, a decent idea if we did this? I'm going to share his thoughts on a way to help with the illegals entering the country when we come back. News is coming up here next. Phone calls uh, also. Phone lines are open at 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon Wireless. Broadcasting from the Empire Title Studios, we are News Talk KBOI. 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon Wireless. Email Mike at KBOI.com, Chris at KBOI.com. You can also text us, same as your main number, 208-336-3700. Um, John uh, writes in an email that I'm going to take uh, here point by point after I read it. Mike and Chris, if compassion and decency are inherent American values, why are far-right Republican governors in Texas and Florida treating migrant Venezuelan, Venezuelan men and women and children inhumanely by shipping them around like cargo in a failed illegal political ploy? Are they trying to out-Trump Trump? With the radical MAGA branch of the Republican Party a threat to American values, these actions will cost the GOP votes in the upcoming election. Most Americans are indeed compassionate and decent. Here's an example of the true American way. Dozens of Americans' largest employers or best-known brands have committed to hiring 22,725 refugees in full-time positions, thus helping to advance the economic and social integration of refugees across the country. This is the most significant set of business commitments in support of refugees on records, that's from John. All right, I got a couple of points. I'm going to take point by point here. Uh, number one, 
You're comparing refugees to illegals. Not the same thing in any way, shape, or form. Refugees are here legally. They've gone through the process. They are in the United States. They are here legally. So comparing them to illegals doesn't even come close in, in, in your example. Second of all, if compassion and decency are inherent in American values, why are far-right Republican governors in Texas and Florida treating migrant men, women, and children inhumanely by shipping them around the country like cargo? Okay, you blame it on DeSantis and other GOP governors. Explain how you seem to be perfectly okay then with Biden doing this same exact thing over the past two years. Biden is a Democrat. He's been flying and busing illegals once they entered the U.S. to cities all across the United States in the dead of night. Why are you okay with Gavin Newsom, also a Democrat, who will probably announce his run for presidency once Biden announced he won't be running again, give homeless U.S. citizens, these were U.S. citizens, free one-way bus tickets to any city they wanted to go to as long as it was not another city in California. Why are you okay with that? Are, do they not mean as much to you as as the illegals? I don't I don't I don't understand. Or do you just not know the facts and are just anti-republican? I don't know. Uh would you like some criticism? Sure. I'm <laughs> I I'm okay with it. If people criticize, I am perfectly fine with that cuz not everybody thinks the same way as I do. Lauren has written in and says, Mike's at it again. Does he think these illegal aliens actually come from Mars? They aren't stupid, brain-dead, or mentally challenged. There are actually courts and lawyers in South America. They've heard of lawsuits. Mike acts like these people just jumped out of some remote jungle and have no idea what a civilization is. Good grief. Uh, I never now, said any of that. You, uh, That's true. You did mention that... Uh, they're they're good Americans now because they've you know already filed suit against somebody. I'm actually the one that brought that up at six o'clock this yeah. morning. I said that was kind of funny. These people have been in the country for what like a week or whatever it is, and have already uh, filed suit filed against suit. somebody. I said so. You know they're they're integrating themselves right into American life. It was just a joke. It, I, I know they have lawyers in other it, countries. It's a joke, but it is based on uh, somewhat on truth. Yeah. America is one of the most litigious countries in the entire world. You can sue anybody in America for any reason that you want. doesn't mean you're going to win. You can also sue the government if you, you want. You can sue the government if you want. So it, w- it was kind of a joke, and I thought the same thing when I saw this yesterday. As Chris said early this morning when he first said it, is that, hey, you know, they've already bought into America because now they're within a week suing um, right. you know, the, the state government, or Ron DeSantis specifically. Uh, Kevin and Caldwell, thanks for holding on this morning. You're on News Talk KBY. Good morning to you. Morning, guys. Um, good job on that, by the way. Um, it's you missed a couple points, though. Greg Abbott's anything but far right. Yeah. Um, and so they like to label people, and immediately it's like calling them a racist or a white beater. The next thing is the Democrat mayor of El Paso has admitted on camera. I've seen the interview that shipping thousands of these people out. So it's it's being done by them as well. You're you're dead on. Wow, it's it's, it's about... nice that they're able to do something in a bipartisan fashion. <laughs> <laughs> well, the problem is the, only one. the problem is they can't handle whether Democrat or Republican in Texas and Florida is they can't handle it. All the people there, if they all stay there, they just don't have the money, they don't have the facilities, 
So they're sending them places that that possibly do. And yes, I get some of this is for political theater. The reason that that illegals were sent to Washington, D.C., just a few blocks from Kamala Harris's house is because she has not made a trip to the border as of yet. She's the uh, immigration czar. uh, And she had said on national TV just a few days before that happened that the U.S. border was secure. So. Texas Governor Abbott said, well, if we're secure, where did these busload of immigrants come from? Well, if these if, if Abbott was half smart politically, if he wanted to make this political, what he should do, because I saw this statistic on the news early this morning about how many thousand, a couple thousand sent to New York, I think several hundred to um, Washington, D.C., several hundred, if not to Chicago. Why don't they put at the bottom of that the millions that are still in Texas or the millions that are still in Arizona or New Mexico or California. Why don't they put those numbers down? But anyhow, the one thing that I wanted to say when I called in was it kills me that these guys are afforded the right in America to sue anybody. I mean, they're illegally here. The only right they should be afforded is the right to be imprisoned and not treated inhumanely or cruelly. Because they don't have any rights that we have. Well, they are illegally they, here. I'll disagree with you a little have. bit. I'll disagree with you a little bit. They do have civil rights. Everybody has civil rights, whether a U.S. citizen or not. I don't think so. If you broke the law, the first right you have is to get your butt kicked out of here. Sue when you get back home. I mean, you don't have a right if you broke the law to get that right. I mean, you're not here, period. I, I as a matter of fact, I, and this is standing. I protested a subdivision years ago that would have put hundreds of houses of traffic down my farm road because of the slow traffic of my employees on that road. And I went there to speak, and they wouldn't let me speak because I did not have standing. How do these people have standing? They're not, they're not legally here. They're not citizens. Even if they're not citizens, they're illegally here. They have no standing. So the courts are so two-sided, it's disgusting. Thank you, Kevin. Appreciate the call. You bet. Lee Joe, good morning. You're on News Talk KBOI. Hey, good morning, moderate Mike and Democrat Chris. Good to talk to you guys again. Um, that last that email, the uh, discussion, that was a lot of uh, hyper- hyperbole and cliche and, you know, all those Democrat talking points. It's just some fantastic stuff there. If I could hear more stuff regurgitated from the general press, that would be great. I appreciate that. You know, it, um, I'm, not, I'm not sure, Lee Joe, but it almost sounds like you're being sarcastic. I generally speak in sarcasm. <laughs> That's my only language. I appreciate that. Um, so uh, I wanted to bring up our, our debates and our, you know, ever since the pandemic started, Brad Little has been seen very, very little. I mean... I, how many? I think I think he's been on your station like three times, or f- at the most since the pandemic started. Oh no! Since that, since the pandemic started, um, during the pandemic, he was on uh, for updates uh, every Tuesday for about six, seven months. Was it, Chris? Yeah, we but, we, uh, we kept asking him when he was going to shut everything down, which, by the way, he never actually did, and and it just became kind of a, a running thing with us. Oh, yeah, he didn't. It was Dave Jepson with the health district under, yeah, that's, that's who signed the, uh, that's who signed the order so that, that the governor could have his little CYA about how I'm not shutting things down. Dave Jepson did with the health district under 
some sort of a health order, and and uh, that's how they used uh, Idaho Code uh, 1046 to uh, to uh, make it so that uh, the law no longer applied. You know, things like the open meeting law, things like, uh, uh, and then. Uh, running around and changing trespassing laws and making it so you couldn't go to the health district without wearing a mask or all those sorts of things. But, but yeah, it, it's, you know, his appointee is the one who shut it down. It wasn't Brad Little. You're right. And he, he's, he's planned it that way since the very beginning. Um, and, uh, so yeah, so yeah, sure. No, yeah. He's, he's not lying, but he's purely lying that when he says he hasn't shut down the government, um, it was under his direction, but it wasn't him who signed the actual order. Just so folks, you know, understand the uh, the little intricacies of lawyerisms involved in and Brad the, Little shutting down and, the government. And the plausible deniability. Exactly. Plausible deniability. He had nothing to do with it. And, it was, you know, even though the, the White House sent out a directive that said, tell everybody to shut down so that you can get your money from us, and, uh, you know, under Trump and, uh, you know, you, you had to find a way to do that. You had to find the, some uh, emergency health code that said, yeah, this is we, we can do it this way. And and you get your plausible deniability. But yeah. you still you still sent troops uh, to state patrol, you know, over to uh, uh, what was that? That little brewery and. Catch where I forget where it was, but you know he he shut them down, raided them. I don't. For I don't think up. he did. I think the uh, sheriffs did. It was the Idaho State Patrol that that did the raid. So, all right. Uh, yeah, I don't know who else would direct them, but yeah. Well, I mean they they anyway. do have their uh, own own office and their own leadership that they follow. 208 336 pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. Need to take a uh, quick break. When we come back, I promised uh, the uh, Texas sheriff investigating DeSantis um, has some ideas. Um, love to hear what you would think about uh, what he thinks should be done with the illegals who are entering the country. Coming up next. Today from 10 to 1, it's Dan Bongino. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. Bexar, Texas County Sheriff Javier Salazar is the uh, sheriff who opened a criminal investigation this week into migrant flights to Martha's Vineyard. Uh, He said yesterday that the solution to the ongoing illegal crisis is to open up more legal pathways for people to come to the United States. He said that at some point, quoting here, you're going to have to embrace that this is happening to a certain extent. You've got people who want to work, and you've got a shortage of workers. Hire these folks. Give them the opportunity to work legally while they are waiting for their court case in this country. Make sure that the employers, that they're employing them, doing it the right way, paying them correctly, and then here's the big catch. Tax them on it. Here's a... An instant message is not signed, but it says, don't you lose your rights when convicted of a crime? When you're convicted of a crime, you do lose some of your rights, but not all. Uh, while you are accused of a crime, you really don't lose any rights, until, uh, apart from perhaps the uh, ability to move freely about the country. Uh, but you, you uh, don't really lose your rights just when you're, con- you're uh, accused of a crime, but when you're convicted of it, you do lose some. Yeah. 
You know, a question for you, and we can talk more about this tomorrow morning. Does Salazar have a legitimate answer? I'm not saying he does or it doesn't. I'm just curious what you think about it, that if we're going to be allowing him, as we are, over 2 million this year alone, setting a brand new record for uh, one year of illegals entering our country being arrested at the border. We have two job openings right now for every person who is unemployed. You have people who are not able to find employees. Is this a legitimate way to address two problems at once? Email us, Mike at KBY.com, Chris at KBY.com. Like I said, we can talk about this again tomorrow morning because I realize we just have a few more minutes left in the show. Uh, John writes in, uh, Mike, the people being flown around uh, in our country are in our country legally waiting to for a hearing to determine if they qualify for immigrant status. Now they're not going to be able to get back for their hearing. They have human rights and civil rights. Yes, we agree on that. Um, yeah, we agree on that, but they are not here yet legally. They're not legal until they have had that hearing. Um, CBP, like I just mentioned, has arrested over 2.1 million illegals coming into the country. That's how many they have arrested this year. That doesn't count the people that were not arrested, the, the considered getaways that they estimate to be in the hundreds of thousands. So, yeah, they're not legal yet. Now, when they come into the country, what do you expect them to do? If, the, if this, this is what you're saying, that you know they aren't able to get back for their hearing, do you expect all 2 million of those people to be housed along the border waiting years or decades for their hearing to be you know have government money putting them up giving them medical expenses paying their medical expenses food living expenses all that stuff because i I, texas and you know falling on texas and uh, florida to do that just doesn't seem like it would last very long the money just wouldn't last very long john uh, wrote in and says uh, regarding illegal migrant lawsuit I would bet the representing lawyers won't include Kamala, who is uh, responsible. Is there any way she can also be removed, according to the 25th Amendment? (laughs) Uh, Bottom line, this is another Biden administration failure, and that Democrat sheriff from Texas can't find any laws that were broken until they create one. Uh, The 25th Amendment doesn't say anything about removing the vice president. It only indicates that if the vice president resigns, or dies, that another one be appointed by the president and then cleared by the Senate. And apart from that, everything is about the president uh, being removed. We'll talk more about this coming up uh, tomorrow morning. Also seeing a cry on across the bottom of the two news channels that we're watching. New York uh, Attorney General filing civil suit against Trump and some of his children and businesses. Uh, Nate will, I'm sure, talk about that uh, a little bit more. Dan Bongino's show is next. I'm sure that will be brought up during his show. We're on a 20-hour break. Um, We'll be back again live in person again tomorrow morning.